Hi everyone, my name is Alela, your host for the Fireside Chat through the Tambua Women in Tech. Today we are honored to be talking about AI and we are going to be joined by Smithy, who's going to share her journey into AI and what exactly inspires her and who she is. Basically what's going to happen is we're going to know her better and hopefully get to know about some of the opportunities for AI. Hi Smithy. Hi, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation and I'm looking forward to our chat today. Okay, I'm gonna start with uh, the first question that everybody gets to ask. So who exactly are you? Like, if you were to define yourself, how would you do so? Um, honestly, in a couple of sentences, I would say that um, I'm someone who likes to try new things out, like, anyway right like be it technology be it a new um gadget or a new game i hear about on my computer that i can play so i'm something who likes to you know keep up with what's happening out there and likes to learn new things i always wear black and i fall almost every day so yeah i, I did not learn how to walk properly <laughs> um but um, when it comes to my work, I'm currently the head of artificial intelligence at EarthBank, where I'm using AI and remote sensing to measure the amount of carbon that's sequestered in a biodiversity. Um, I'm also currently the a director at AI for Diversity, which is the world's largest global um, nonprofit in initiative, which engages and educates diverse youth communities um, within AI about AI to benefit the global society, also to increase a more diverse representation and participation within artificial intelligence. Um, yeah, so that's a couple of things. And uh, I like to be involved within the community participation because I think when it comes to technology and AI, the more people know about it, um, the better it is because there's a lot of different elements, right? Transparency, um, diversity, also, if you don't know about what's happening, you may be scared of it. So in order to um, like, you know, uh, make sure of all of it, um, I like to participate more in community activities like uh, public speaking or like writing on my LinkedIn or on my website. Um, also like women tech makers, the Google developers, women tech makers. I'm also a mentor this year for um, the Women Developer Academy in Europe. So that's a couple of things. Wow, you have such an impressive vibe. I'm looking at you from the point of like leading a whole team of people to also diversify into the fact that you are trying to help out other than just the technical aspect of it, you're offering mentorship, you're doing public speaking. But the thing about this whole uh, ecosystem is, as we know it, it's a more male-dominated field. So if you were to be asked, how exactly did you break these barriers and what are some of the challenges that you had to face throughout your journey? Um, that's definitely true. And like right now, if you look at it, there's like 22% females, um, you know, like in the tech AI community, especially. So uh, we work with like 78% male. When it comes to tech in general, it's not too different either. It's like 25% um, female representation in the world. So it is definitely very male dominated. And um, I, I think I have been honestly like, people I've worked with, uh, they are very uh, open and um, they have been very accepting of it. So um, 
yeah so i think i've been lucky there but there are definitely a couple of things that keeps popping up here and there right like um initially i was invited as a speaker um like during feb last year so i was a speaker at a you know change maker entrepreneurship event at kth royal institute of technology and um so i got a recording of the event after and i was showing it to some people who i know personally and uh, then to some other person i showed the screen print of the event and people automatically assumed that i was the host and not the speaker <laughs> you know um and the biggest thing i think that i have um, that might have been a barrier to me was not really having a role model in ai to look forward to it's like if you see another woman um, out there working on something that you might want to it's a little comforting in your head if that makes sense um so yeah so that's uh, something that i have uh, definitely noticed and uh, i really followed like carol dweck's and her uh, philosophy around learning so that's something that really helped me um and other than that i've heard from people like a lot of incidents sometimes you have to speak a little louder than you want to so that you can get attention of others in the room so there are certain things around that and i've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different people about um you know the bro culture the pay gap etc but i have been lucky enough to not uh, faced it myself so far okay well yeah I, it's quite relatable when you talk about the fact that times people assume that you're the host and not the speaker i've had a couple of instances uh mostly in hackathons when like you're the winner but people are thinking you're the one who did the documentation so it happens oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah. you um it's sad when people don't really see the hard work you have put through just because you don't you know from the dominant gender <laughs> yeah uh, but there's something also that you've talked about used now focusing on ai so what exactly was the motivational factor like what inspired you cuz i look at it um, i've had cases where people prefer now since it's already assumed that it's not going to be your area of expertise or something people tend to move more to now project management product uh but here you are like doing one of the top emerging technologies and actually flourishing in it so what really inspired you um so honestly one reason is that i really sucked at everything else <laughs> so uh <laughs> when i was doing my undergrad i during my first year i did some work on sensors um and my second year i worked on um one of the first in like nano all student nano satellites in india and i worked on the detumbling part of the satellite so once a satellite is launched you need to stabilize it so i worked on that and i worked on some c codes in it so that's when i realized that i like the coding aspect not necessarily a fan of c but i like the coding aspect but i did not really enjoy the whole environment it was around like you know um a lot of mechanical aspects related to it it was a little difficult for me and um then when i was in my second year of undergrad like a little after this uh, one of my very close relatives was diagnosed with cancer and just because of like a false um diagnosis and a late diagnosis we couldn't save the person so that's when um you know like i started thinking about you know like a lot of uh, speculations around what if we knew earlier right so that's 
probably the reason why I uh, got so interested in machine learning because I used to talk a lot to the doctors and we realized that technology can basically help in like a little earlier diagnosis. So in our case, even if we had like a couple of more months, it might have been a different story. And uh, that's something that a lot of people in the world face, right? So uh, after that, the first project I did was lung cancer detection in machine learning. And I started studying courses like artificial neural networks, pattern recognition, machine learning. And uh, the more I learned about, and I have always been very curious about the human mind in general and how people think. And when I studied artificial neural networks, I realized that the whole point is to replicate or mimic the human brain. So um, that was also extremely interesting to me. So the whole point of, uh, you know, like we could prevent something only if we knew it a little bit better. We could save so much money doing it. You could get a little different results. And then the cherry on top was uh, that I could get to know a little bit more about the human brain. Um, so that's how I went to do um, my first internship, which was at KTH uh, Royal Institute of Technology, Stockholm, on computational neuroscience. The point was to understand how people lose memory and uh, like basically what happens in diseases like amnesia and dementia. So I studied that using, um, using deep learning, recurrent neural networks and some sequence learning. And uh, while I was there, uh, that was my second winter in Stockholm. And my first winter, there was a lot of snow. I was very happy. The second winter, it just snowed one, one day. And I remember it really well because that day I was having a party at my place and people threw me in the snow and it was all nice. But it was the one day it snowed that year. So that's when I started thinking more about climate change and how the things I have worked on before could be implemented more in like climate AI perspective. So that's how I, you know, like, stayed here basically in the field of AI and um, it's like sometimes it gets hectic but I prefer working more towards like in AI field because it's like I can um, get to meet people like you interesting people which is always amazing and um, you know like you can try new things you can always learn new things it doesn't really get boring <laughs> yeah well I am really really impressed um it's a sad journey towards what really started the whole thing. But seeing that you were using AI for good, you know, at times we talk about using tech for good, but in your case, it's actually using it to solve problems from the healthcare system to now climate change. And these are issues that affect us on a day-to-day -day basis. Which brings me to my other question. What is it like the life for an AI engineer, if I'm allowed to call you that, or somebody who's specializing in AI? What is it like on a day-to-day -day basis? So what exactly do you have to tackle? What do you have to focus on and things like that? Sorry, I was muted. Story of pandemic. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I think it could like really uh, vary a lot. Some days it's like you spend a lot of time coding and failing at it and then trying again, which you also know really well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it also involves a lot of research, um, you know, because there's some new technology, there's some new algorithm that's coming out or in the making. Um, so like, it's very important to be in touch. I personally like to, um, you know, like participate um, in events a lot because they help so much in keeping up with what uh, is happening in the world. 
because I I noticed that there was a month when I wasn't too active I wanted to take a little break to myself and within a month it seemed like the world has completely changed (laughs) like what I was working was already old (laughs) so um so yeah so that's extremely important and um like in general in a day I currently like my team entire team is working remotely I'm in India and some of my team members are in Australia some are in Sweden so it's like everyone's working from different places so I try to construct my day in which I think I can get the most amount of work done um so the amount of work like hours it really doesn't you know like it varies a lot like six to ten hours sometimes sometimes four hours usually I would say around six to ten hours in general so we try to, um, you know, like keep the more important meetings in the earlier hours of the day when most people have a fresh mind. Sorry about the noise. Uh, sometimes it's obviously difficult if some people are in Australia and some are in Sweden because they can't really have a, you know, like good time. But we try to work it out. And uh, we usually have time, uh, like weekly meetings uh, within the team because it's so important, especially when you're working uh, from a distance to actually know what's happening so um yeah so like once all the meetings are done we can actually get to the more important work so my day obviously revolves around a lot of data um, research and programming so um since we're working towards innovation and creating sustainable solutions a lot of uh, research is required here um luckily i'm a very avid reader so which helps me to get um read a lot of research papers and um, yeah, like I enjoy um, doing some things which um, sometimes can sound boring. So I usually do a lot of research, but generally for a couple of hours, um, almost every day for a couple of months now. Um, another reason to keep researching is that we have to keep ahead of our competition because we are a startup right now. So, um, and usually when it comes to coding, like most people, I do it at night extremely extremely nocturnal at this point um so yeah um other than that like it's very important and something that I also do is like keeping in touch like communicating very actively with the team otherwise um, it can be like you know um not too um like productive what we're doing um I also attend a lot of talks seminars panel discussions sometimes as a speaker most times as an attendee it, uh, I think it's a very beautiful way to, you know, like learn and keep in touch with the interesting cutting edge technology. Um, I also think that being a part of a community or learning group around AI um, and tech can be really helpful. I'm a part of Women Tech Makers. Um, as I said last year, I was a mentee at the Google Women Developers Academy Europe. And this year I'm a mentor. So uh, things like that. I also try to keep, um, you know, like mentor people personally whenever uh, I'm free personally or through an organization like doesn't really matter um last year i mentored some pre-incubator startups through bucharest ai and i think i learned a lot out of that um, those two months like november december i learned a lot out of it and um something that i always do and something that i actually started doing actually a year and a half back probably is that documenting everything that i learn because i noticed that if you um, you know, like are working on like five things at a time, you may learn it quickly and then you'll forget it even quicker. <laughs> so it's important to like maybe um, document it in whichever way it's comfortable, like writing or videos or um, like an, 
sort of like a podcast audio way like whatever is good so that um i find it a lot easier to go back and understand it the way i understood it first play in the first time and sometimes um if you never know it could lead to some good opportunities like some people looked at my website and they approached for some mentorship um or they reached out with some interesting opportunities like a collaboration or something so or sometimes it could even lead to some incentivization or money making process so um i think it's extremely new yeah, it's, it's extremely interesting i don't know why is that new i think it's extremely um, interesting and uh, important in the long run yeah you talked about research mentorship data you know all these things that a lot of people when most of when comes to mentorship uh you have said you move from being a mentee to now being a mentor that's really really great and i'm going to like <laughs> be big big up on that one uh, but i'm going to go back to the part of research and the fact that you talked about giving up, giving back to the community in one way or another uh so when you look at research in general people or even just getting started with their journey now to get to really where you are people struggle with the question of where exactly would i get started with let's say i want to get like this data sets that i want to try out building a given ai model so where would someone get started like where would you point someone to um absolutely so actually this is something that i think um one could and bad thing both when it comes to ai is that there's a lot of material out there so a uh, good thing is that if someone's just starting it can be a little overwhelming for them sometimes it's very overwhelming for me as well it's like if you google one topic you'll see like 50 different articles trying to explain it in 50 different ways and you never know what's the best way for you right so and it's not really possible to go through everything and then see so um i would really recommend that if it's someone who's like absolutely new they reach out to someone who maybe has a little better understanding than them because it will help point them towards the right direction i recently came across someone um who did like over 20 courses in ai and he invested a lot of money he invested a lot of time into this and because he took on to so much it wasn't really possible to finish even one so um that's something that's very important to keep in mind is that doing one thing better is better than doing you know multiple things uh and not really putting in a lot of efforts or time into it because it will take time if you want to learn any new technology i was speaking to marine yesterday and i did not know anything about flutter and i learned so much from like a conversation with her for example so uh, i think uh, when it comes to you know learning new things and ai and machine learning all for someone who's an absolute beginner it can be a little overwhelming because there's so much data that's there online there's so much information if you google something very simple like uh, how does a random forest algorithm work like uh, sort of like a very fundamental thing in machine learning you'll see different 50 different articles explaining it in 50 different ways and uh, sometimes it's not really possible to you know like go through everything in order to understand stand one topic so um, if someone's facing uh, some situation like that then it really helps if they reach out to someone who knows maybe a little more than they do and they can point them towards the right direction uh, there are some courses or some articles that's like you know like you can't go wrong with them like someone who's an absolute beginner i would suggest that they go through um, the machine learning course on coursera by andrew ng for example to understand 
the very basics of statistics and machine learning um, in general, which is like extremely important and a very good fundamental course. Um, when it comes to getting some good data sets, there are a couple of different places um, that someone could go to. So there's Google database uh, search engine. That's the first thing. And uh, there you can like sometimes come across uh, the relevant um, data sets. And uh, then there's Kaggle, which has a lot of good data sets for competitions and which could be used, like downloaded and used in different ways. And I have like done a lot of my work previously on some Kaggle data sets. Um, I was like, day before, I think I was using some US housing data set um, to work on a problem. So um, on LSTMs, so Kaggle data sets is good. If someone wants to do some, um, you know, like something in satellite imagery, then there's a lot of uh, good data set on Google Earth. Google Earth engine is also free to use. You just have to register and, you know, answer some basic questions and then it's accessible to everyone. I got my access in, it looked complex, but I got my Google Earth access in like 10, 15 minutes. So um, that's pretty good. And then there's a lot of like Microsoft, Google, Azure, uh, AWS databases also. Um, there's also like FBI uh, crime data explorer, which could be used to understand like crime data or uh, someone who wants to analyze like more, um, you know, like uh, some someone who wants to work on problems in which you can't really risk things like not very descriptive but more analytical problems so it has like really good data sets for that uh, there's also CERN open data portal on which you can get a lot of good data sets when it comes to more of like healthcare data sets then i would uh, probably just uh, there's a good place uh, called scopus also so people usually publish their articles etc there but most times, or at least sometimes, people uh, tend to attach their codes and their data set also, if it's a data set that could be distributed without a license. On GitHub also, you could sometimes get the data set, but it's mostly pulled from Kaggle. So I would just go to Kaggle in that case. Wow. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to save you this. Uh, I have never really figured out where people get the data sets from. I tried building something, and I was only able to do the horizontal line and like, I'm done because I have no idea if I'm to venture further, what exa where exactly am I supposed to go? But I, I like the fact that you have pointed out to many people where they could get data, where they could explore, get more materials. You talked about events as a way to plug into what's happening in the ecosystem. Uh, it's interesting how you have, you know, wrapped it all up in one package that you're making it simple, something that a lot of people always think is very, very complex. Uh, okay. So let me ask another question. Uh, if you look at it from the point of how your journey started, if you were to do something differently, what exactly would it be? Um, that's a very interesting question, actually. A couple of things come to my mind, but probably the most important thing, and this also correlates to the previous question, is that it's important to, you know, like learn whatever you're learning or do whatever you're doing with more, uh, you know, depth as opposed to the, you know, like width. Like you can't know everything. It's more important to, you know, like figure out, spend some time in figuring out what you want to do and focus more on it. Like initially I wanted to learn machine learning, learn image processing, learn computer vision, um, deep learning, 
some of like data science data analysis analytics everything but it's really difficult to like you know learn everything do everything because you only have limited time so um i would recommend that sometimes like people don't really understand that they are very different that they had different jobs associated with different roles so or different tasks so um so right now like i understand that a data scientist and a computer vision engineer their tasks are completely different some things overlap for sure but it's extremely different so it's important to focus more on the bit like learning the things in the things you are interested in if that makes sense um so that's something that i would recommend to uh, people also like i have seen a lot of people um who usually you know they like just like um and i'm not saying that it's wrong it's just it just comes from a like like little naive place is that um you know can you teach me ai so when it comes to can you teach me ai it's like there are like 10 different roles that comes in ai so as i said it's important to pinpoint a little like narrow it down a little before proceeding to you know like ask someone else mm-hmm. or even focusing on your personal development so um like honestly because if you go to maybe a paid service right and you say that you want to learn ai um you can keep learning and you can keep like spending money and time on it but it's not going to be very beneficial because the amount of information that you'll receive or will be fed into you would be too much for you to really process mm-hmm. so um that's why i initially like from the beginning focused a lot on deep learning because i knew i'm like more interested in deep learning and that's the first thing i actually started really started working on as well so i liked it and i stuck to it so right now um like i do some data analysis and i do some uh, like basic image detection things but my core of what i do is deep learning so um i think it's very important to know that and the other thing is that there have spent a lot of time where i you know wasted time thinking that why do i not know this and you know like it took some time to realize that you can't know everything and it's absolutely okay even if now it's like even if i'm in an interview right and you ask me something and i don't know i i have the confidence or i understood that it's okay to say that i don't know about it i can put you in touch with someone who does or i'll do some research and get back to you so this is another thing that to, it's okay to not know everything and it's important to accept it and um, yeah i mean there's google and google is there for a reason <laughs> yeah so so true like you can you can never know it all um so at least if you specialize also it makes you more or less an expert in one given field and it's good to try to identify the different aspects what exactly if you're saying i want a job in ai so which part of ai i i mean personally for me it has always been a challenge you know differentiating this whole ml deep learning ai but now when you're speaking about it i'm like if i could do in depth research get to know what are different roles in these three different fields how do they correlate what exactly is it that i'm looking for so i like the fact that you've said it's good to specialize and also before you just start learning everything try to identify which one speaks to your soul in a way um very very interesting insights um i'm going to let you maybe uh tell us something that is unique 
in your field that makes you wake up every day and say, this is what I want to do tomorrow, other than the fact that you're a change maker and focusing on solutions for us, you know, things that really matter to the ecosystem? Um, that's a very interesting question and maybe something that I haven't given a lot of thought to so far. But there are some things that I really um, enjoy. And maybe if there's one thing in the field that I have been working on, it would be, you know, like be it work or be it uh, something out of work, like, you know, like uh, having important and uh, very interesting conversations with people sometimes it's people I know most times it's people I don't know so um, I think it's something that can you know like bond us together in a way like how I met Maureen and how I met you and there are so many other people who I met that way and um, so I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to you know like have maybe a niche right um like if you want to now, if you want to speak to someone who works in AI, works in deep learning, you'd probably think of me at least like in a, you know, like, you know what I mean? Um, and it could be in a lot of ways. I think when I say that having interesting conversations, it could be with a mentee of mine. It could be uh, something that a project that I have been working on. So it's like, it's maybe the innovation and, um, yeah, like discussing interesting things, some things like thinking things in a way that I never had before. Um, I could give you an example, like a few days back, I was in a, on a podcast um, with Hannah Betcher and she asked me like to explain um, a, a climate change in a very uh, simple word or like very simple words. Um, and that's when I realized that the prime reason is that it's difficult to change human behavior. It's as simple as that. And if we could, then we wouldn't really, you know, like climate change would definitely be there because of the natural phenomenon, but we wouldn't really be in a climate crisis. If we could adapt to what's happening, like animals could so well adapt to it. Animals are migrating quicker. Um, like when you look at plants, they have changed, like not in a good way, but they have changed. But humans, we still do what we used to do. <laughs> So yeah, so things like that. Yeah, we are, which actually is interesting. So humans, or we like to say uh, that over time, AI is gonna take over the world. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on that one. It's a very, I think everybody's saying that AI is gonna take over the world or machines are gonna run the world at some point. Uh, being that you are in this space, do you see it's taking over the world? <laughs> So uh, again, as like you know, in the beginning, I said that this there needs to be a little bit of transparency, diversity, inclusivity when it comes to AI. So um, that's the thing. People are often a little scared of things that they don't know. If that makes sense, um, like if you hear noises and you don't know what it is, you'll think it's a ghost for a millisecond, a millisecond. So something like that. So um, when it comes to any sort of innovation it will delete some amount of manual labor that's there, like that's certain. But the other thing is that um, right now, almost everyone I personally know is working in the field of AI, They're either data analysts, data scientists, machine learning engineers. Um, and there are so many other people who are learning this. There's a lot of different mentorship programs around teaching this and learning this. So it's created um, exponentially more amount of jobs 
so um it's here the point is i think that again it will be a little difficult for some people um who maybe aren't who maybe haven't had such opportunities to focus on uh, these tools but at the same time it will create a lot more opportunities so yeah so it it's like a pro and con i think like it is eliminating some manual labor and when i think of it i'm not very happy about it all the times but yeah like uh, when it comes to like scalability there's a lot of scalability now like big companies they're taking over and they're expanding a lot which will probably like reduce some uh, focus on the local uh, people like local shops or local vendors providers but then uh, it could also open some new opportunities for them again like if they could partner with them partner with the bigger organizations because they they still have their niche so i think it all comes to you know like they could leverage their niche of knowing the market and partner with the company to get a better deal so um you just have to be a little smart and it's definitely going to create a lot more opportunities yeah uh, i actually totally agree with your statements it's also a chance for people to learn more about what exactly is this ai what are some of the things that it's making better for us you know the whole automation processes the whole scalability bit of it as you have talked about reducing manual labor in one way or another just making our work easier um which makes me ask you one of the five last few questions um what is your goal as an individual uh if you were to be asked what is like that one goal in both a professional and personal level um on a more personal level i have a couple of goals <laughs> one is definitely that i want to learn pottery <laughs> and um yeah i i would like to you know like learn better and i would like to use it or to create something that can help in some way or the other and i want to work to more towards like healthcare ai in the coming years that's something that i want to do and uh, if possible i will like i try to keep like try to keep myself associated with healthcare ai like with the work that i'm do, like, doing right now also i did a, a project uh, last year for four months um which was for detecting some shoulder arthroplasty if the operation should be conducted or not for um to save money for the switzerland's government mm-hmm. um so i try to keep myself associated with that i seem i want to you know like be a little more uh, productive and i waste a lot of time i don't want to do it so <laughs> i want to like get better at what i'm doing and um uh, keep in touch with what's happening i also want to take some time out on a more personal level to do creative things like i used to paint a lot um i used to dance sometime in my life like a lot of years back um so yes i want i have been wanting to focus more time on learning pottery so i want to start that soon wow so uh, which is a very weird fascination which started with a book so <laughs> so yeah i was reading a book uh, from uh, murakami and what was the book um colorless sukuru tazaki and his years of pilgrimage and since then i want to learn poetry and um yeah on a more professional um level i want to i mean it's a pretty vague goal for me because i'm not a person who really plans things i've never planned anything in my life 
um, but I like to be aware of what's happening around me and um, if I think that this might be like even you know one percent interesting I like to take chance on it so I'm like I'm not a planner really because if I plan I'll never do it I know so um, yes yeah, so I just wanted to like learn something new and focus and you know like use it in a more cross-disciplinary way like be a little creative and if I have knowledge on maybe mattresses, how could I use it with AI? So something like that. So I, that's that's probably a goal. That's it. Not a very good answer for this question. Oh, it is, it is. There is something I learned growing up is there's nothing like a wrong answer. It's just so long as you understand it to the best, like how you're explaining it. You're so passionate about what you're doing. You're so passionate about just bringing AI to whatever it is that you're going to be doing, tagging it along you're so passionate about the fact that you had a, you have a whole history with this pottery and why you actually want to take it up so nothing <laughs> like a long answer <laughs> trust me on that I am I am used to just saying whatever is in my mind so yeah nothing like a wrong answer um if you were and this is the last time I'm asking like if you were to make say tell let someone know something that would motivate them what would be let, like, let's say more like a parting shot so what would your parting shot be for this conversation um, so a couple of things would be that we are in a pandemic right now. We are in climate crisis. Things may not be very good for everyone. So um, something that I have learned is uh, through personal experience and by seeing people around me is that it's okay if you know, like you aren't able to do what you want to at the moment. It's important to keep trying, um, and that keep trying could be a lot of like you know it's a very um, open word that I'm saying like it could be um, about someone's mental health some personal goals some professional goal so it's important to you know like um, try and also um, as important it is to try I think it's equally important to get help because we are social people we need help from each other and um, I think like I Although I think that most of what I have done, um, like when it comes to AI, it's things that I have done by myself, like technologies I learned myself, but the amount of uh, help that I got from people around me, like some people I know, some I don't, like in very different ways, it can't really be explained. I, I think it takes a village to make someone successful. And it's very important to get help from people. And when it comes to technology, as we discussed, you cannot know everything. And that shouldn't be something that a person is, um, you know, intimidated by. And uh, you can always learn something if you want to. It's as simple as that. Like uh, things that you learned, things that I learned, um, anyone could do it. I really believe in it. It may take a little more time for some people, a little less time for someone but they can't be a thing like, you know, I, like someone can't do it in general. Yeah. So keep trying, keep, you know, keep being you, try to get something you like doing and just go for it. I like the fact that it keep trying and not like just, you're going to get it at the first try. So, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the ways that people can reach out to you? I know some of the people who are going to be watching it would like to know, okay, this is a really amazing person, a remarkable woman, you know, in the ecosystem. How can we, how can we just ping her? Maybe somebody wants you to be their mentor. Somebody wants to just, you know, be part of their network. So how would they reach out? Absolutely. Um, so I am like 
very active on LinkedIn. Um, so that's a good way. I can, I'll definitely leave my LinkedIn with you. Um, I also have a website on which I'm not very active at, but if someone, um, you know, like reaches out, I do respond. So both are a good way. Um, yeah, like maybe website could also be better because on LinkedIn, I get like a lot of messages, maybe 500 a week. So um, it can be a little difficult to keep up with sometimes, but both are good. Like I try to be as active as possible and to reply. Like I usually sit on Saturdays for like four hours at a stretch and I reply to people. So, so yeah. Or if sometime I can't sleep, I'm like, let's go on LinkedIn and reply. <laughs> okay, you are indeed Loxana. I'm just looking at it. In the middle of the night, trying to respond to messages. Hmm. But it was really, really good to get to know you better, get to hear your journey, get to get insights. The fact that you have also shared resources on where people can actually just, you know, be able to learn better or learn more how they could get started. This was a very, very great discussion. We are super excited to have had you on this talk. I am hoping that everybody who's going to listen to this or be watching this video is just going to be amazed at, as I am about your whole journey and whatever it is that you've shared with us. Thank you so much for your time. We are excited and looking forward to having further conversations and engagements with you. We are here to celebrate your wins and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, really glad, um, grateful my English. So really grateful uh, to Maureen for uh, reaching out about the uh, shout outs and also for this entire initiative and to you um so thank you so much okay thank you and looking forward to future engagements for now i'm gonna say goodbye to you thank you bye bye